I'm uh, Pastor Terry Moore, and I am the senior pastor of New Solid Rock Fellowship Church, which is located in the Woodmere neighborhood of Baltimore City. I call this area Greater Park Heights because um, we are between Reisterstown Road and Park Heights Avenue. And our church has been here since 2011, um, and shortly after we arrived, one of my goals was to find out who the other pastors were, who else, who do we labor amongst. Uh, we had an open house here, invited all the pastors to come and um, just to find out what was going on in this community. Shortly thereafter, uh, Melvin, Chief Melvin Russell, Baltimore City Police, um, called, he had what he called a clarion call of all of the pastors or faith um, leaders from all over Baltimore City met at the JCC on Park Heights Avenue. And his charge was to the churches that we would come outside of the walls of our churches to begin to get engaged in the community. And that was my desire as well, um, because when I met with the pastors in that first open house, it, the, the charge was how could we work better together to make a difference in the community. Well, after that uh, time, uh, it was around 2013, we began meeting monthly, mm -hmm. uh, a group of pastors began meeting monthly to figure out what kinds of initiatives we could work on that would have some impact, some positive impact. Because as I see it, the problems, the social ills, the problems that we see um, with hopelessness, really hopelessness is at the root of most of all the social ills. But I felt like if we were to work together and come outside of the walls of the church, as I mentioned, then we would begin to see some differences um, in the problems that we face. Part of what I felt is the reason for the social ills was that the church had been absent or silent. And that was what Mel, uh, uh, Chief Melvin Russell had challenged us, that we had become commuter churches as opposed to community churches, where mm -hmm. people come in to the, to the community, then they go out and they live someplace else. So um, we formed this group called the Northwest Faith-Based Community Partnership as a result. And uh, at, over time, we've evolved to where we, where we focus on five specific areas, um, public safety, public health, education, spirituality, of course, and community development and economic empowerment. And so the things that we have been doing um, pretty much focus on those areas. Um, one of the things for public safety, one of the, my babies, so to speak, was a, a project called Op Operation On Guard, where we were creating a virtual community watch for a community that was fearful of, you know, sharing information with the police for fear of retribution. Mm -hmm. And so through the use of video doorbell cameras, we had partnered with a major um, video doorbell co um, company um, to provide us with um, doorbells. And, and the project is where we install these doorbell cameras and then folks will be able to record you know, what's happening and then voluntarily share information with, with the police to hopefully lead to some sort of um, you know, arrest or eradication or reduction in crime.
So that's one of the things that we're currently working on. Um, mm-hmm. We we have you know health fairs, um, food giveaways, especially during the pandemic. One of the first things we did was to try to provide some sort of COVID nineteen awareness. Um, and what we did, we created a, a, a postcard that had contact information, like you know who to call, what to call, who who to call, when to call, where to get food, um, and also a prayer request line. Because in addition to serving the physical needs, meeting the physical needs of the community, we wanted to also meet the spiritual needs. So whenever we have an event, we incorporate some aspect of you know spirituality. Mm-hmm. Prayer is the main thing that we do, we offer. Okay. And what led you to this work? Like, where did you grow up? Did you grow up with parents that were in leadership positions or, you know? What, what is it about you that led you here? Well, actually, it's interesting because this particular church, New Solid Rock, was founded by my parents. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's a family business. <laughs> um, in 2017, I became senior pastor, but up, you know, we were formed in 2002. And so for several years, I served as their assistant pastor. So it has always been, I guess, in my DNA, <laughs> in my blood, so to speak, to want to see people healthy, whole, every, you know, whole beings, body, soul, and spirit. And, um, and so part of the work that we're doing through Northwest um, is an attempt to bring all those components together. So uh, when I... I, I thought that when I went away to college, my desire was to be a doctor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to help heal sick people, right? Uh, I learned shortly, uh, I think it was my second year, that I didn't like to see people in physical pain. <laughs> and so I ended up going the research route. Mm-hmm. My career took me to, from science from natural science to computer science, and I spent 30 years in IT. Wow. Right, and as in IT, my focus was quality assurance, and quality assurance is um, the process of testing software for the removal of bugs, mm-hmm. okay, or defects. <laughs> and so really, everything about me is sort of about trying to um, improve the quality Mm. quality of life <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I think that's just that's part of who I am trying to improve okay. the quality of life and um, when things are hard for you um, I can I'm sure I know part of the answer to this but what are some ways that you kind of lift yourself up and stay healthy and positive and those kinds of you know well fortunately uh, part of what I do and what I am as a pastor, you know, spiritual disciplines are key. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I mean by spiritual disciplines is exercising our spiritual muscles so that we can grow closer to God. Mm-hmm. So, for example, things like prayer, meditation, mm-hmm. um, sol- spending time in sol- solitude, mm-hmm. um, um, fasting, mm-hmm. you know, all of those disciplines you know, help to unload, you know, or help us to cast our cares upon God. Um, and then, you know, our particular church is non-denominational. 
but which means that we're not associated with any hierarchies, anybody like you know conferences or you know some things that are governing bodies that rule. Um, but we are what we would call Pentecostal, and so what we believe is that the gifts of the Spirit are still in operation today. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about your work, you know, moving forward. Mm-hmm. in Baltimore, in this mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. what are some things you would like to see happen? Wow, I have a really big vision. Um, because being female, you know, in the real world, you know, we have limitations. Even within, you know, the Christian, in the church, mm-hmm. um, there's sexism within the church, you know. <laughs> there's racism within the church. I mean... I'm teaching a course right now called Power to the People about the transformative power of the gospel to turn the tables on injustice. You know, and I mean, the church is just so divided. Um, My vision is if there were a way that we could put aside all of our isms, you know, and the church, all these various denominations, people of faith, Muslims, Jewish people, whatever faith... Uh, tradition you have that we can work together on common um, common things and I mean I, I can see you know what I would call like um, centers of excellence where each congregation has within it um, some level of expertise to solve some problem mm-hmm. so let's say you know the problem is I don't know teenage pregnancy or mm-hmm. something like that but you have within your church counselors or um, people who would be mentors or you know and your church would be known as the church that would solve mm-hmm. or tackle that particular problem we have 140 plus some congregations houses of worship within the Northwest District alone wow. imagine if each church identified a single problem that they were going to be focused on tackling mm-hmm. and measuring that there was some success um, and all of the, the, the congregants were marshaled behind wow. that vision. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. And the power, I, I mean, so that is a vision. And so through this Northwest Faith-Based Community Partnership, you know, first we just started by developing relationships you know, people getting to know who was whom and what they they did or what services their mm-hmm. congregations could provide and then working together to do things. But I really would love to see something formal like, you know, a problem-solving network, <laughs> you know. Um, like a resource, like clear resources that each church could yeah. provide to the immediate community. Right, everybody not duplicating the, you know, the, the, right, um, like reinventing the wheel. I mean, you know, I just think that the first we have to know, you know, know what's going on, know who the people are, respect each other, whether you're a female pastor or, or you know, not, um, because that's a challenge I have that, you know, some of the male uh, pastors don't respect. Yeah. You know, but nevertheless, God's program is going to get accomplished. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that to have like this network, I mean, really a robust um, uh, inner workings, you know, people, you know, knowing what their charge is and working 
for that one thing and and just garnering all of the resources within that congregation mm -hmm. to help uh, fight whatever it is. I mean, it's it's a whole host of things. You know, you can just look outside. Let's say, let's say we had just one church that said, you know, I'm going to eradicate um, litter <laughs> within my community. Yeah. You know, and everyone's, you know, got together and figured out a way to do it. If it was a matter of uh, purchasing those little mobile vacuum cleaners, and you know, they had a crew that went around every day. But you that know. was their focus, right? Mm -hmm. Because churches, I mean, not only have spiritual power, but people pool their money together, you know, I mean, and we have resources to do things financially, you know, so. Yeah. I hear your role being lots of different things, but how would you describe your role in the church and the community and your family? Like well, um, in my family, I am the oldest of three girls, and so as the oldest, Generally, I guess the oldest sort of always takes the leadership role. I mean, I'm six years older than my middle sister and ten years older than my baby mm -hmm. sister. So I guess I've always been a leader from that respect. And now that I'm a pastor, my family sees me in the role of they, a pastor. Sometimes you don't have to put on my pastor hat. <laughs> they allow me to do that. And, and, and they respect, you know, my opinion, my counseling, my they covet my prayers, you know. People are quick to pick up the phone to ask for prayer. Um, so, but I think if I were to say, I think my um, role or my purpose almost is to be someone who brings light into a situation. And I mean, that's kind of how I see you know, we call our church a lighthouse on the corner, you know, that we're, we're just a beacon of light. The people are drawn um, to us, to me, and then to my message because I'm emanating some level of light, you know. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, in the context of Christianity, you know, uh, Jesus is the light of the world, but he says that we are also a light, you know, and... Um, and so we need to let our light shine. So, mm -hmm. and part of that light is also trying to bring hope to the community. Um, mm -hmm. You know, part of you know what's driving my what's driving me with respect to the Northwest Faith Based Community Partnership is that um, I felt God saying that the Northwest District is a holy district. We've been set aside for renewal, revival, and restoration. And he gave me a scripture clear as day, you know, what that all means. And so we may walk, you know, you can drive around Woodmere, the Woodmere neighborhood, and see places that look like burned out, you know, bombed out, uh, you know, war zones. But I, I, I can see that change is coming, you know, even though it may not be evident, you know, but that um, slowly but surely, mm -hmm. the light is going to come, people are going to be walking, you know, according to, you know, doing what's right, you know, for the, each other, for themselves and for their neighbors. So I just have a, I have a lot of hope that, you know, 
this place is just going to shine. And you're going to come back and say, wow, is that the same neighborhood? Mm -hmm. And what would you recommend? I think we're almost good, but mm -hmm. what, um, what would you recommend for other young people or people that want to lead and be a part of things? You know, like if you were to look at yourself when you were younger or... Maybe you counsel young people now, even through the church, but um, how do they be a part of the change, and how do they engage, do you think? That's a good question. Um, what would I tell a young person? I, I, I would probably encourage them to um, not be afraid you know, don't be afraid of what doing it wrong or even what others may think, you know, because sometimes I think, um, I think when I was young, I felt different a lot of the time. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's okay to be different. You know, I was thin and tall and, you know, just physically I was different. And then I was, I grew up in, you know, predominantly, uh, white uh, schooling, school settings, and so I was different, you know, and you'll find that different is good, you know, being unique, and, you know, whatever God gives you um, to do, trust, trust, you know, and move forward, and there'll be people that will support you and, and buffet, buffet you, um, you know, so I would just say, don't be fearful, you know, just... Mm. going for it you know <laughs> yeah and is there anything else uh, a story a moment or something else you want to share about well this? I think maybe I'd share the story about meeting sister Israel yeah yes um, because uh, this was shortly after the death of, of Freddie Gray the murder of Freddie Gray I should say and um, at that time, one of the, I have um, a co-laborer or like a co-facilitator for the Northwest Faith-Based Community Partnership, and he called and said, you know, we need to just go and stand on the corner and just lift up a prayer. Sometimes we'll do that. We'll just show up somewhere and pray. And um, this was the particular week when the National Guard had been called to the corner of Park Heights and Belvedere. And so we were there praying, and I think he had set up like a little boom box or something. We had a microphone, and we were on in the 5100 block of Park Heights. And I saw this uh, little lady across the street, and she was waving to us. And she came over, uh, introduced herself as Sister Yeshia Israel. And I don't know something just clicked you know and I don't know how we really started working together so closely I mean I guess it just sort of happened over time but I guess she began to come to the meetings we meet every uh, second Tuesday of the month and Sister Israel just has so much energy you know that she was just you know talking about the things that she wanted to see accomplished and and so we had similar goals and we just started partnering on different uh, activities and the next thing 
I know, you know, when we're going down to the, you know, meet with the mayor together, you know, we're going to Annapolis together to fight an issue about the methadone clinic. I mean, you know, we just, and I was just like, this is a person that very much like myself wants to get things done, you know, not just going to say, you know, let's write a plan and then put it on the shelf, but, but, um, and so... She has been together, uh, you know, we have been this like dynamic duo uh, working together on various um, issues. 